Welcome to Attention to Detail, the classical music listening guide, where we give you the tools to understand, appreciate, and enjoy listening to classical music. Hey, welcome back to Attention to Detail. This is Hannah Ruffett joined with Jacob Joyce. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Hannah. How are you doing this doing week? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. This is a this is an exciting week for me, mm. uh, for, for all of us. I mean, we have a classical concert this this week, and one of my my first conducting teacher, in mm. fact, Robert Spano, is conducting the ISO this week. So I haven't seen him for a while. It's that's it's really fun to special. See him. Yeah, yeah, that's really really cool. And he's a he's a fantastic. We saw the concert today. It's blew me away. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. So yeah. that's fun. And now we're here yeah. doing this podcast. Now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're picking up the third and final episode of our three-part series, The Basics of uh, Music Fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, we first covered melody, and then we went on to harmony, and now we're going to be talking about rhythm today. So, yeah. Jacob, hit me up. So rhythm, my guess is that kind of like, to a certain extent, melody and harmony, you've, you've undoubtedly heard the term rhythm before, sure. right? And tell me what you associate with rhythm. I mean, what does that what does that suggest to you? I think that I think the the joke in society that white people don't have rhythm. Uh huh. And then also <laughs> the, the song like I got rhythm. Nice. So yeah. I hope since we're both white, I hope you know we we, we can have, have some a time sort of, of it. yeah for the sake of this podcast since it's all about rhythm let's hope I that, guess we'll find out I guess we'll find out but <laughs> when you think of more specifically when you think of like one of your favorite songs okay. or something what would oh, you Oh god um, I mean okay. and you think of rhythm like what what does that suggest to you is that I think of at least the the beat of a yep. of a pop song right like yeah. There are certain, if you're into indie music, mm. that has a very different rhythmic feel than if you go to, you know, some electro-European club and they're bumping sure. beats the whole time. Sure. So that's that's one way to think about <laughs> rhythm in kind of a, in, in a general musical sense, but the point of this episode obviously is going to be to break down a little bit of what is rhythm, what we mean by that, and how it manifests itself in classical music and and other kinds of music. So let's talk a little bit about what rhythm actually is. Mm. So we've we've kind of discussed it a little bit in previous episodes, and it's something that we're all aware of, but music is one of the art forms, one of the few art forms that exists in real time. It has a temporal dimension. If we think about like a painting, maybe maybe this is a non-nuanced take of art and some (laughs) art historian would argue with me about this, but a painting is a is a still image and there's not a actual temporal element of a painting. I mean maybe the painting shows a passage of time, but that painting exists you can Without the restoration of paint, painting yeah. and the care of art. Well, and I mean, it, you know, it just it just exists in yeah, spe- it's like, tangible. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can stare at it for one second. You can stare at it for mm. five minutes. You mm-hmm. can stare at it for an hour. 
the amount of time that you choose to interact with the painting is the the consumer's choice. It's not the yeah. art form's choice. Music is different. Dance, to a certain extent, is different. Dance has kind of a temporal element mm-hmm. in that it goes over a course of time. Literature is a little interesting because it does develop over the course of a novel. But again, literature has a temporal element, but it's not in real time. It's not in, you read it at your own pace. It's not that the author dictates to you, you read this many words every whatever. Music, everyone who goes to a musical performance hears the same. Today, we both heard 44 minutes of music or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So everyone who listens to a piece of music experiences it in the same temporal dimension. Mm -hmm. So from that comes the concept of rhythm because music is one of the things that defines music is that it's organized in that time space. So you have a set number of notes you're not necessarily, if you're a performer, you're not thinking, I have to finish in this amount of seconds. Mm-hmm. But there's an organization where the timing of what you hear is not random. It's what comes after, what comes before, is all organized into little chunks of seconds, minutes, that relate to each other, yeah. and they're all connected. And that is on a very basic level, what rhythm is. Now, what's interesting about music is that, and you've heard of the term, the beat, yep. right? So beats, music has beats, and beats are what organizes music in time. So with the majority of classical music, the majority of all kinds of music, you have a steady beat which means that, and we can even talk about when we use a metronome, which is a device for keeping time, it operates in beats per minute. And so if you have 60 beats per minute, that's a beat per second. And each beat comes at the interval of a second. There's no variation. There's no, so those beats are organized equally in time. And most music unfolds in beats. So, If you're supposed to play something on the first beat to the second beat, you might take a second between. If you're supposed to play something between the third and the fourth beat, it's also going to take a second. If you're supposed to play something 20 beats from now to the 21st beat from now, it's also going to take a second. So the music is organized in time so that it unfolds in an organized way. So that's a little, it's hard to grasp, right? I mean, it's... A little bit abstract. I was sort of making fun of you internally, like this okay. is a little nerdy. Okay, yeah. but that's that's fine. I can take the nerdiness, but <laughs> it's also the re- it, it, it's yeah. the reality. This is why. See, this is why people who study music yeah. at a young age have are better in math. Yes. Yeah. That's been proven, and <laughs> that is no. There are studies that yes, show that. Yes. Yeah. And um, but there's a. It's, there's it's, a sequential. There's a sequentialness of, yeah. to, to music making and, and rhythm that that keeps it in time. Yeah. Now, we can go one step further because what makes music really interesting, 
what makes rhythm interesting, any beat that you listen to in a pop song, in a club. If you think of hmm. one of the most... Tell me a pop song that you know. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I wasn't thinking of a specific pop song, oh, okay. but the phenomenon of when you're at like... The only real pop culture experience I have was the summer that I lived in Europe and mm. we went to all these like house, electro, yeah. which is, was like clubs, which was unbelievably fun. Mm. And, you know, these songs, what they do is they yeah. get really soft and then they ramp up mm. the beat and it gets faster and yep. faster and faster. And, and then, then you like, just go crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then it's paired with an amazing light show. Exactly. Yeah. So if you think about that phenomenon, they gear up the beat. Everyone knows exactly where the huge yeah. arrival is going to come. Because if you if music wasn't arranged in time, everyone would jump up at different times and you wouldn't have that sense of, I know exactly where this is coming. Yeah. And part of the reason why you know that th that beat lands where it does as opposed to somewhere else is because in music, beats have hierarchies. So some beats feel stronger than other beats. So when we're going along in time, some beats are emphasized and some beats are less emphasized. Yeah. And what happens there is you get, not every beat is equal, so there are stronger and weaker beats. So that kind of lessens the number of beats that you're thinking about. Mm. Then among the stronger beats, there are stronger and weaker beats. That makes even fewer beats that you're thinking about. Then there are stronger beats among those. And so when we have this phenomenon of the bass building up and then it drops at a sudden second, everyone knows that's the single most important beat because there's this kind of pure hierarchy of, there are, you can, you can divide that time into as many sections as you want to and there could be a million beats in there, but we all know where the important one is. Yeah. So I want to illustrate this phenomenon of kind of some beats, and we'll be able to hear these beats pretty quickly, of how music is organized. It's what you would clap along to. It's how you know the kind of clock that goes on in your head when you hear music. But I want to hear some examples of how music is organized in time. And the, the easiest two examples are in groups of two or three. We can get nerdy again because two and three are prime numbers. And so... If you have four beats, that's two twos. Yeah. If you have five beats, that's a two and a three. If you have so really everything can be boiled down to groups of two or three beats. So I want to illustrate. Let's listen to a example of a, a a piece that is arranged with a hierarchy where one beat is strong, one beat is weak, one beat is strong, one beat is weak. So it's a it's a two pattern. So here's the first excerpt. So that one, I chose that excerpt of Stars and Stripes mm -hmm. because marches, that's a march, yeah. and because of the phenomenon that we have two feet, you have to, <laughs> if you're going to march, <laughs> the phenomenon that we have two feet. If we're lucky enough to have two if feet, If we're lucky yes. enough, 
Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, if we're lucky enough to have two feet, then you need to know when mm. to put your left foot down, when to put your right foot down. Yeah. And so a march is naturally grouped in two. Mm. And if you think maybe the left foot is the stronger one, left, left. We always know where our left foot is going, where our right foot is going. And so all of that music is arranged in twos. And we can understand that because if we were to walk along with that, it's exactly where we would walk along with it. Yeah. Left, right, left, right. Now let's hear an example of a three as opposed to a two where we're going to have one strong beat, two less strong beats. Okay. So one, two, three. One, two, three. Let's listen to that. So there's a, you know what kind of dance that was. A waltz. Exactly. Yeah. And if you think about, do you know how to waltz? I was taught in a class in school. I was too, in yeah. like seventh grade. Yeah. It was so interesting. Did you, did you, um, Alma Deutscher was yeah. here a few weeks ago. Yes. And she lives in Vienna. Yes. When you are 14 like she is in Vienna you are taught how to properly waltz well hey listen isn't that so insane like I was taught how to square dance when I was her age because <laughs> I'm from America <laughs> and I'm from Indiana but I was like you're so cool well this is a Viennese waltz yeah. I mean the the waltz is like the dance They're, of Vienna yep, yeah exactly and I really can't waltz to save my life but <laughs> but the premise is you take a big step and two little yeah. steps so again where your big step goes, everyone can feel that. That's the strong beat, and then there's two weaker beats. Mm. And so all of that music is organized into threes. Yeah. So when we have these twos and these threes, that kind of serves as the basis for how we create this rhythmic hierarchy. I wanted to illustrate this in non-musical terms for a sec, because a lot of us in our high school, middle school, English classes or something, if we learned, if we had our poetry unit, we learned about all of the different types of m meters mm. in poetry. And poetry, when you read it, is not, as we were talking about with literature, you read poetry at your own pace. But poetry in, in a kind of slightly less, in, in the oral tradition, is meant to be recited. Yeah. And so poetry that, obviously modernist poetry doesn't have the same metrical structure as like the Odyssey or something, but but um, actually I don't even know if the Odyssey has a metrical structure. Wait, let's not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something really wrong uh, on this, but, but there, a lot of poetry for a very long time was written in some sort of meter. Yeah. Maybe the most famous being... Um, iambic pentameter, that's what I always learned. If I'm remembering my high school freshman English class, I do think that the Odyssey was recited in almost a song type of way. That I think is true, and I wonder, we'll have to, we can, yeah. we'll, we'll check it later. I have a copy at home, so. Good, yeah, yeah. I think I do that too. That I stole we'll go from back. high school, <laughs> sorry. There you go. Yeah. 
you, you never paid your like Come and get me. <laughs> so I pulled the most famous Shakespeare sonnet, all of the Shakespeare's Again, I'm going to say something I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that I, I have read are in iambic pentameter, okay. which means that iambic suggests that there's one strong beat and one weak beat, mm. and the strong beat comes second. Yeah. So it goes one, two, one, two. Pentameter means there's five mm. stresses per line. So if we read the beginning of this Shakespeare sonnet in rhythm... Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. You know exactly where, if I went, shall I compare thee to a... There's a weird pause in there that wasn't expected. Mm. It was out of... When I read it that way, you know exactly when everything is coming. It has a rhythm. If I read it... Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. That doesn't have rhythm. I'm reading at my own pace. The pause that I take between the first and the second line could be as long as I want. But if you read, Shall I compare thee to... You know exactly where my stresses are going to come. doesn't matter how fast or how slow. I could go, Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? (laughs) Or I could go, Shall I compare... The two, but you know exactly where the stresses are going to come because it's organized. Mm. That's a different process from, from reading or from, and so that's really the essence of rhythm. Now, I want to go back a little bit to talk about music because, of course, that's, that's what we're trying to do here. I want to play a little game with you. Okay. We're going to put you on, on the spot here. It's what I'm here for. Exactly. So, and our listeners can play the game too. <laughs> I gave away the first one of the John Philip Sousa March was in two, mm. the Waltz was in three. I'm going to play for you a song and I want you to listen for a sec and see if you can hear, is this arranged in twos? Oh God, okay. Or in threes? All right. It might be tricky. I've done this with a lot I've of people. I've already made a fool of myself on this podcast, so yeah. why not continue the exactly. tradition? Exactly. Or, right. or let's reverse it and you'll nail all of them. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. So here's the first one. Something I'm giving up on you. What do you think? Four beats. Four beats. One, two. Excellent. You three, went a step further. Four. You see, you did oh, so. Oh, it's two. You oh. did so well that you actually like blew the answer. I'm ready. Out. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so as we mentioned before, it is. It's four. And if you want to split the four, it's two groups of two. Yeah. But excellent. That song is strong, weak, strong, Mm -hmm. weak. And like you said, it's really four. Strong, weak, little stronger, weak. Yeah. Really strong. Excellent. Here's another one. I want you to try this one as well. We're really delving into the extent of my pop knowledge here again. That's the real theme of this podcast. Mm
So what's your thought on that okay, one? Okay, I'm like getting a slow four. It's like a slow one. four. Good. Mm. Bada bum bum bum. Three, four. Good. Now, here's the thing about rhythm. Listen to this time. I want to play it again. Listen to the faster beats. Yeah. So like you said, it's a very slow four, but we're going. Mm. Ba ba bum bum bum. Listen to this one more oh, time. Oh, is it five? Just listen one more time. Okay. Listen to the small beats and we'll let everybody listen once more and we'll figure out what we think this is grouped as. Okay, so so it's tough, right? The there's lot there's it's very dynamic in a sense where it's like one two three one two like but yeah. it's all in f four. four yeah yes but as you just said one two three one two yeah. three so within the four that we have there are three beats as opposed to if it was one two one two one two yeah. one two, it would be a different rhythm yeah so it has. This one is built, the on smallest three. unit it's is built three. On three. But like you said... I'm not focusing on the smallest units. That's yeah. why I'm getting myself confused. And that's why you hear it in four. Yeah. And that is a good illustration of... I said at the beginning, we have stronger and weaker beats. Yeah. Then among the stronger beats, we get stronger ones. Yeah. Among the stronger ones... So we get this big pyramid hierarchy. At the lowest level, this is a group of threes. Yeah. One level up, it's fours. Mm. If we were able to hear even longer term, then might we might hear, oh, of each of the strong beats of the four, it's arranged in eight, or mm. you know. Yep. But there's yep. this pyramid. So at the base of this pyramid, hopefully we can hear that it's it's three. It's crazy that like when you're just listening to music, you don't listen for this stuff. So right. then you get like, I'm sorry to all the music teachers that I have ever had for not picking up on the beats because I, we were all taught them as yeah. as children. But if you don't practice it, then it's you just it's very hard to hear. Consume it. But see, yeah. you we didn't even plan <laughs> this, and this is an excellent segue to the most important thing to talk about on this episode, which is how do we listen to rhythm mm. and just even, I think, being able to hear that might unlock some... Activating our ears to that might unlock some of why we hear music to sound a certain way. Mm. I want to take a brief sec here to mention that we have a excellent sponsor for the next few episodes. Uh, this great app subscription service called Encoda, N-K-O-D-A. They're an app that you can download for your tablet, phone. Obviously, you can do it on the computer as well. It's something I've been using where you can see a bunch of musical scores. They have a huge online library of scores that they've uploaded. It's really impressive what they have up there. So I would encourage our listeners, especially the ones who, who look at music and can read music, but also those who are just curious to go check them out, N-K-O-D-A, N-C-O-D-A. And now let's get back to the show. So I want to go back. I want us to think about 
we've done this a little bit with the melody and the harmony as well, but way back in our first episodes, which of course we encourage everyone to listen to, mm-hmm. um, we talked about the concept of listening attentively and yeah. hearing ideas and grouping those ideas. And when we tried to hear ideas and group them, we were doing that by assigning them an adjective or a color, a way that they made us feel or something that they made us think of. Mm -hmm. And the point of these episodes is to break down kind of why we felt that way. And so if we can take that approach with rhythm now, try to isolate rhythm, like we have kind of a little bit with harmony last time and melody before, and think about how does the rhythm contribute to the affect or the feeling that we have about this about music. The, okay. And specifically with rhythm, I'm going to I'm going to play a lot of clips for you now and I want you to try to isolate the rhythmic element. Okay. And to tell me how what the rhythm makes Based, you yeah, feel. Okay. Um not necessarily what the piece makes you feel, but specifically the what the rhythm makes you feel. Cool, yeah. And we can mention with the stuff that we've already heard, for example, the, the Kelly Clarkson. Hmm. Is Kelly Clarkson, like, popular still? Yeah, she's on um, The Voice, I think. Oh. Is that it? She was around when I was in middle school. I spent my <laughs> American Idol, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in the Kelly Clarkson song, when it's arranged in groups of three, it kind of has this one, two, three, one, two, three. Does it feel to you like it has a little bit of a lilt and it kind of... It sways a little bit. Sure, it's got, yeah. The motion of the song feels that way because it's grouped in threes. Mm. If it was grouped in twos, I think it would feel a little more... Rigid. The march yeah. is boom, yep. boom, 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 very rigid. And so that's what I'm thinking of when I think of how does this music make us feel is think kind of about the kinetic sure. motion elements of is this... And you can How use, would you move to this... Exactly. Yeah. And so even if you want to do this, when we listen to these clips, and I encourage our listeners to do the same, think of like a movement or an action or some sort of motion-driven phenomenon, okay. some time-driven phenomenon that this reminds you of. Mm-hmm. So running. Ice skating. Ice skating. But it could really be anything, you know. Something that occurs in time, because that's what happens with rhythm. Yeah. So I'm going to play you several clips, and let's listen to uh, what it makes you feel. Cool. So, could you hear the rhythm in that clip? It was... Yeah, it's all the strings. Yeah. There's this beat that's going the entire time. Did you have any feeling about... And it can even be, this is such a rhythm-driven clip. Yeah. How did that clip make you you feel? Um, Intense. Intense, good. And... 
movement in a sense where not march but i i guess yeah. i guess like intense marching yeah it's like, it's like and to me almost it sounds like zooming in on an army walking yeah. towards you or something yeah. like something very ominous but the rhythm of this keeps going over and over and over it feels relentless and it's kind of like relentlessly moving at you that's good good now i'm gonna play a very different clip different sense of rhythm and again try not to listen so much to the melody or the harmony as we've already talked about try to listen about to the movement of this here's the next one Excellent. I like that. And kind of, for me, it also has a kind of... Back and forth sway. Yeah, just like swaying in a boat or something. Mm. I like twirling. I'll mention... Boom, 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 boom. One, two, three. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. This one is grouped in threes again. Like the Kelly Clarkson that we mentioned, it has this kind of lilting feel as mm. opposed to the more rigid... Yeah. March feel. Excellent. So we feel that rhythmic character very different. Let's let's try one more here. Bustling. Bustling. Excellent. Perfect. It's it's perfectly bustling. We hear it right at the beginning. And that keeps going the entire time. It's very frantic. It's very frenzied. Mm. Totally different. And again, that is primarily a result of the rhythm, yeah. as I think you could hear. Mm. The melody. Because that rhythm is going on, might feel a little frantic, but I don't think by itself it's necessarily... It's because we hear that. Exactly. So, last one, I want to play for you the opening of one of my favorite pieces, Rossini, Barber of Seville. And I want to hear in one clip how the rhythm can change mm-hmm. and how, so we'll hear, maybe do the hearing ideas okay. exercise for this as we did in our second episode. We're going to hear three ideas and then it's going to repeat kind of the same three ideas again. Okay. And for those three ideas, they happen very fast. Just think of kind of their rhythmic character and an adjective, whatever, mm-hmm. that you might suggest to them. But they're all going to have very different rhythmic characters. Sure.
All right, so there we've got our three mm. ideas. We've got pa-bum. Mm. What did you think of that one? Like very grand, like yeah. announcing someone ro- right. royal it's kind of coming in. The rhythm, yeah. at least, is kind of ta-da. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, hello. Yeah. So then we have how do we feel about that one? It's like going upstairs because it's yeah. increasing. And kind yeah. of, it's, it's creepy, right? Yes. It's a little sneaky. Yeah. And, and then, very, um, I always think of swans when it's yeah. like very regal or yeah. something very delicate and, and graceful and op- like a wing opening. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's yeah. perfect. And see, hopefully we can feel the second idea yeah. is very rhythmically active. Yes. The third one is very rhythmically settled. Exactly. And so we can hear how the rhythm would inform the type of character that we get from those three very, very different ideas. Yeah. Now, I think very quickly, it would also help to grasp how important rhythm is to our kind of listening process, to hear a piece that's only about rhythm okay. and hear a piece that doesn't have rhythm. Okay. So how it changes. So. First, here's here's some music that's only about rhythm. Okay. So for that one a kind of African drumming mm. type thing. Do you, for me, I don't, I don't necessarily get so much emotional content from that. Do you feel like there's, do you feel like you would have an adjective that you could describe for that? Um, ooh, it's dance-like. Exactly, in yeah. A, yeah, in a sense where I, I feel, I don't know what the culture behind this piece is yeah. I'm sure people probably dance to it. Exactly. to it yeah and it's but that's it's not really for me it's not conveying sadness yeah. or happiness it's conveying rhythm exactly. literally and kind of movement yeah so there's a very specific way you can envision moving to that piece mm. dancing and um but that's pure rhythm it kind of suggests the motion but by itself it might not suggest all that and we expect music exactly. to suggest now Take the alternate case. Mm. I'm going to play for you something that has melody. It, in a sense, it doesn't really have harmony because it's one voice, but, but it has melody. It has some of the other things that we expect from music, but no rhythm. Okay. And see how this feels for you, kind of, temporally, you know, in how how it unfolds in time. So that one, that's a, a Gregorian chant. We've heard that already on this podcast. It's from beautiful. Hildegard. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. And it's, but the way Gregorian chant worked before there was kind of notated rhythm mm. and well before things like the metronome that kept time came into place, it was up to the perform. There was kind of a, it was laid out in a line of the general 
way it should unfold in time, but there was no organization. So you can't clap along to that. Yeah. And if you heard that twice, it would be at different paces yeah. and things would be. So how did you feel? It's felt very meditative to me, yeah. which sounds ironic because I feel you said the word unorganized. Yeah. That gives me anxiety because I enjoy being an organized person. <laughs> uh-huh. But this has no organization. So perhaps that du- that irony makes me feel medi- meditated. Well, or, but I do feel, I can feel anxious when something is in a beat that like I'm not mentally ready to be handling. Uh-huh. That makes sense. It makes sense. And I think a lot of people listen to Gregorian chants specifically when they want to relax. Yep. or And that's specifically because... It doesn't have rhythm. It helps you drift away a bit. And it suspends your sense of time because there's no organization of time. You can listen to that and maybe 15 seconds went by, maybe 30 seconds Mm. went by. Don't know. Who knows? And and so that's music, obviously. Mm. So is the African drumming. But it's music that's missing one element. And, And it's not to say that it's any less good music, but... It doesn't have narrative drive like music with rhythm does. So when you combine all these things, you take the African drumming, you take the Gregorian chant, you put all these things together, you have melody, you have harmony, you have rhythm, Mm. you have other things, you get this very complex process where you have melody, stuff that uh, creates the kind of noun. We were talking about Mm. adjective and noun. It gives you the thing that you're listening to. You have the adjective from the harmony of what that's supposed to make you feel. You have the rhythm, which is driving the thing in time so that you're experiencing this in real time with other people. Mm-hmm. So it creates this very unique phenomenon that is, that's music. Mm. So what do you recommend for people listening to practice in the future when um, listening to rhythm? Yeah, so I think to add this to our listening practice and to identify how rhythm works, mm. how rhythm... Um, informs our understanding of music I think the exercise that we did today is a really good one to do which is when you're listening to music whether it's pop whether it's whatever elevator music or if it's a real classical piece isolate the the rhythmic element or the temporal element how this piece is unfolding in time Mm. and try to think of the type of motion or action or temporal phenomenon that that's suggesting and so if we can if you can do that exercise it will help you to identify things which is it's not really important that you know this piece is in three this piece is in two something like that but i think help inform the meaning of the piece though it it certainly could and if you can identify those things all the better but regardless you don't necessarily need to know that to feel that the kelly clarkson (laughs) or the mozart that we we listened to had kind of a lilt. Yeah. Right? And but if you're listening, that's the the idea behind all of our techniques is yeah. that you don't necessarily need to ID this is a two, this is a three, but you can just intuitively hear things like that. Mm. So try to clue into rhythm in uh, whatever music you listen to and really um, hear how it how it's affecting what you're actually perceiving. And I would suggest for our listeners, if you are someone who listens to a lot of one genre of music, one thing about a lot of types of music, genres of music, is that they have 
this is a generalization, but a lot of genres of music have largely similar rhythmic characters. So a lot of indie music mm. has a similar rhythmic character. A lot of a lot of house music has a very bumping, driving yeah. type of character. So try this with different genres of music. Don't get outside of your normal genre. Certainly try it with classical because classical has the full breadth of rhythmic variety, but also try it with a variety of genres that you might listen to and th- listen to how the rhythm mm. makes them so different. Excellent. Will do. So we'll see you uh, back here soon. I have no idea what's coming next, but <laughs> great. we'll figure Can't out some, some great podcast <laughs> episode topic for next time. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Yep. See you soon. For more information about this podcast, you can find us at attentiontodetailpod.com, where you'll find a list of techniques presented in these episodes and a two-week program for starting your own listening practice. You can also find us on all of your favorite social media channels. We encourage you to follow us, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating. We hope to see you soon at a concert.